Greetings, everybody, and welcome back to The Counselor's Couch. I'm your host, Calvin Williams, licensed professional counselor. Wow, it has been a minute since our last session. I want to send my apologies out to those of you that have remained faithful and my gratitude to those of you that verbalized your frustration. You know, sometimes all we need is just a good old-fashioned kick in the pants. Now, by that, I mean external motivation or encouragement. So don't really go out and kick somebody in the pants and then blame me for it. Now, as usual, I always like to start the session with a brief update on my journey or my simple thoughts at the time. We are heading into May full steam ahead. Things have been busy with work, family, and life, but you know, I missed putting out this podcast. It is amazing how quickly life can take over and the things we truly enjoy can just slip past us. However, you know, I've always been grateful for the wake-up calls, those that I tend to receive from God the universe, or somebody in my life. And trust me, they always come at the right time. You just have to be open to them. Regardless, I'm back. Now, as we move into the month of May, you know, it's always been a reflective time for me personally. We're on the edge of summer, which is my favorite season. But May has also been a time when things are ending and new things are starting. Whether that's just simply a seasonal thing or a school thing. It's the end of something and the start of something new. The question is, what will the next season bring for you? My wife and I are so excited about my son's summer journey. You know, he has another year before he graduates from college, but he has this opportunity this summer to enjoy his journey. Recently, he auditioned for a talent group and was awarded a contract to play drums at an amusement park over 1,200 miles away from home. Now, he's going to be gone for most of the summer, and he'll return right as the fall semester is getting started. Ah, to be young and adventurous. You know, I'm so proud of his courage to take the journey, and I'm also looking forward to visiting him as often as possible. Now, I know he's excited, but I also know he's anxious. But as I always say, you're uncomfortable, but you are capable. However, what I'm really contemplating is the anxiety and worry his parents will experience. So today, I thought we could unpack worry in this episode. Mama is going to worry. The sooner you accept it, the better off you'll be. Now, of course, as I ran this title by my wife, she eloquently reminded me that daddies worry too, which I fully embrace. You know, it's not about the worry. Rather, what you do with the worry that really matters. But, as always, before we get started, let me remind you again, nothing provided in this podcast implies a therapeutic relationship between counselor and client. It is solely for education and entertainment. Counseling can help you overcome challenges, enhance your relationships, and develop skills to lead the life you want. Now, if you're considering therapy, then please reach out to a trained, licensed professional in your community. Or, If you're interested in seeking counseling in the Monroe, Louisiana area, or if you live anywhere in Louisiana and you are interested in participating in teletherapy with state-approved professionals, well then contact the providers at HealthPoint Center. Change starts here. Psychology and Counseling Services. HealthPoint is a collaboration of independent professionals who are dedicated to improving your quality of life and guiding you on a positive path toward change. That's Health Point Center, located at 1818 Avenue of America, Monroe, Louisiana. So call today to inquire about services, ask about providers, or simply book an appointment at area code 318-998-2700. Well, 
It's that time again, so pull up a cushion, kick off your shoes, and grab a cup of coffee. Let's get started with the session. Worrying about your child is normal. You're not a failure and you haven't done anything wrong. So why we beat ourselves up over it is beyond me. Unfortunately, we all do it in some form or fashion. It's just part of the human experience and part of loving someone. You know, it just comes with the territory. So why do we try to avoid it? Have you ever been told, don't worry about that? Well, probably. But did it work? It's highly unlikely that it prompted the outcome that we desired. You know, when I was younger, I was a bit sarcastic. And I know that's hard for some people to believe. So when people would encourage me not to worry about something, I would respond with an over-exaggerated, oh man, thank you. I'm, I'm so glad you came by and shared that wisdom with me. You know, I feel so much better. Why didn't you come by sooner? Yeah, as I reflect back on that, it probably was hard to be my friend at times. Like telling somebody not to worry about something has ever worked. In fact, have you ever noticed how a statement like that seems to intensify your worry? Well, of course it does. It's called priming the brain. You know, your brain doesn't interpret the negative nature of the statement. It zeroes in on the main idea of the statement, which in this case is worry. Now I'm thinking about worrying and down the rabbit hole I go. I mean, let me show you. Don't think about cake. Now, as we allow that statement to settle, it's likely that many of you are thinking about cake, chocolate cake, a vanilla cake, a bunt cake, ooh, anything. Yum, that sounds great. It's not magic. It's just how the brain functions. The next step is what will you do with the thoughts or what actions will you take thinking about cake? Or in this instance, worry. Well, what does worry accomplish? Does it change a situation? Does it heal the sick? Does it get your child to his destination in a safe and timely manner? No. Worry never adds to a situation. However, it definitely takes things away. Things like time, peace of mind, joy, and our ability to take action. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not an episode designed to shame you out of worry, because that doesn't really work. I'm not going to tell you everything will work out, because I don't know if it will. In fact, it may just blow up in your face. However, what I am going to say is that I truly believe you're capable of coping with whatever happens. You are. Now, whether or not you choose to cope with that in a healthy manner or an unhealthy manner is completely up to you. And when I use the word cope, I'm implying the definition of cope as to deal with and or overcome problems or difficulties. Remember, we are designed as problem solvers to live in a world with problems. It's in the human DNA. Or else we would have been extinct by now as a species. So embrace it. It's who you are. This is actually an episode about empowerment. I hope to encourage you that during times of worry, to focus on things within your control, to control the controllables. Now, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, there are only three things within our actual control. I mean, truly within your control, not the manipulative behaviors we use in an attempt to control others. The only things within your control are your words, your thoughts, and your actions. That's it. 
Everything else is an illusion of control. Even when we influence other people and they take action or make changes, it's not control. It's manipulation, coercion, or influence. But it's not control. If you think about it, that's why your attempts to influence someone else in a specific manner doesn't work on everybody. Control would result in a universal response for everyone, and that just doesn't happen. So where does worry fit into the things within your control? Can we control our worry? Well, if you could, then you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast on worry. It really is not about control of the worry. It's about control of what influences your worry and what you do with the worry when you have it. So consider this. A majority of people spend most of their lives wanting to avoid uncomfortable emotions, especially ones like worry or anxiety. Why? What's wrong with feeling uncomfortable? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uncomfortable emotions are a part of the human experience. That's it. To avoid the discomfort means we avoid being a human being. And on a side note, if we avoid uncomfortable emotions then can we truly experience comfortable ones? Now think about that for a moment. How can I truly experience joy if I do not experience pain or suffering? Can I truly know hope if I've never felt hopeless? So in a way, what I'm suggesting is that the comfortable emotions we experience cannot truly bring us comfort without the discomfort. Now this may be hard to hear, but it's true. Your uncomfortable emotions are not some value declaration statement. They're not wrong. They're not right. They don't mean you're crazy or less than. They simply mean you are engaging in the human experience. Emotions are simply information. They're internal mechanisms of information about ourselves. They're trying to tell you something. The difficulty lies in accurately translating what the emotion may be trying to tell you. However, before we can figure out what an emotion is trying to communicate, we must first acknowledge that we're experiencing it. I mean, think about it. How can I let go of something if I haven't allowed myself to experience it in the first place? So if this is the case, what could worry possibly be trying to tell me about me? As you can suspect, I have a few theories on that. There's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to translating this information. However, when you're worrying about someone such as a child, it's clear to me that it means you care about them. It's all right to worry about a child. It means you love them. Now, worrying about them and wrapping them in bubble wrap are two separate things. I don't really recommend the bubble wrap. From the child's perspective, there's a frustration when parents worry. Ah, don't worry about me, Mom. I'm going to be all right. You know, I can't count the amount of times I tried that with my mother, and it took me years to realize that it never really worked. She's still worried. You know, I can recall being well into my married years, and my mother would still call me and ask if I was eating and taking care of myself. It's just what she did. It wasn't a slight to my wife or a statement on my ability to function as an adult. It was simply because she cared. Now, the sooner I accepted that, the conversations were able to change. There was nothing for me to defend or react to in her worry. So why fight it? Sometimes it's best just to roll with it. 
Allowing somebody to have their worries gives them an opportunity to engage their capabilities. Yes, worrying about someone can be an indicator that you care for that person. However, worry itself can also be a call to action. It means you've identified a problem or concern in your life. Well, what do you do? This is an opportunity to engage in problem solving. Unfortunately, worry alone is not an effective problem-solving paradigm. We tend to get overwhelmed with the unknown, thus increasing the worry and anxiety. How many of us have gotten stuck in the what-if mud of life? What-if is like throwing gasoline on a fire. Again, not something I recommend. It's highly combustible. We start focusing on all the scenarios of what might happen, 99.9% of which will never manifest. But why? Because left unchecked and undirected, the human brain always fills in the unknowns in our story with the negative. The brain's goal is to have a complete story. It doesn't matter if it's grounded in fact or fiction. We become hyper-focused on how something's going to happen. Well, of course it will. I guarantee something's going to happen. It doesn't mean that something's going to be negative or destructive. We have the exact same opportunity for it to be positive and constructive. Remember, no matter what path it takes, you can handle it. You just may not know how you're going to handle it at the time or what resources will be available to you when or if it happens. Worry about the unknown shifts our focus off the things within our control. It's up to you to come back to reality and engage. What can you control? You look outside today and it looks gloomy. What if it rains? Can you control the rain? No. Can you grab an umbrella or a raincoat on your way out? Sure. That's within your control. What about when we worry if we're making a wrong decision? Well, to be honest with you, we won't know until after we make the decision if it is right or wrong. That's why I encourage you to focus on making the best decision you can at the time you make it, with the information you have available at the time. That's problem solving. Once you make the decision and step into action, well, you're going to get new information. So how can I make a decision and classify it as right or wrong at the time if I didn't have the information that comes with making the decision? Do you see how worry can stall this process? Worry can actually waste energy and effort that could be used more constructively elsewhere. Remember, it's not about the worry. It's about what you do with the worry. What actions will you engage in when you acknowledge the worry? It all comes down to actions. One way I'm learning to cope with my own worries is by looking for the opportunities in the struggle. When I worry about something not turning out the way I would prefer, I focus on searching for the opportunity and the change rather than worry about the outcome. Who will I get a chance to meet? What new experience will I have or what new skill will I learn? How will the person I'm worrying about grow from the challenging opportunity that they're facing without me? In the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, there's a slogan, let go and let God. When we unpack this slogan, it's commonly explored that God can't do his work when I'm standing in the way. If I rush in to fix something that a loved one is struggling with, then I've taken away their opportunity to grow learn, and succeed. 
Viewing it as an opportunity has to be grounded in the fact that you are capable, not the discomfort. Because embracing this way of thinking is scary. It's a good thing we're designed to deal with that as well. Now, I'd like to clarify again that worry and anxiety is a part of the human experience. Embrace it. However, when does it become a classification or a disorder? When does anxiety and worry cross the line to become something like, well, generalized anxiety disorder? Well, the answer to that question could be very in-depth, but I'm going to summarize it by simply saying, when it impacts your ability to function. When you feel controlled by the worry or anxiety, or you find it almost impossible to stop despite taking actions to address the situation, well, then it's time to seek help. And you're not alone. According to a recent article I read in Psychology Today, almost 1 in 10 people find uncontrollable worry a distressing affliction that feels as though it's become an inseparable part of their personalities and character. Well, you don't have to suffer alone, and various treatments are available. This form of chronic worry is often driven by a need to make things okay, as if we have some power over situations or people. When we focus on making things all right, rather than our ability to be all right, this makes things complicated. Resiliency is defined as our ability to withstand or recover quickly from difficult situations. Sometimes, we just need a little help to engage our resiliency skills. Well, it seems we've reached the end of our session today. I know it feels like we were just getting started, but it's great to be back. I want to thank each of you for listening, and I encourage you to keep coming back. Now, as you move forward this week, I encourage you to embrace the feeling. Sit with it for a while. See what it has to offer you. Then make a plan and move forward. You know, I often encourage my clients to set aside a worry time. This is a strategy called postponement. You know, it's hard to be effective in the moment when your mental resources are worrying about something else. So create a worry time. Allow yourself 20 minutes just to worry. Now try to pick a time that it's consistent for you every day. Find a setting with few distractions and try to make sure that this is not near your bedtime so it doesn't really contribute to any kind of nighttime anxiety. During your worry time, you are allowed to worry about whatever's on your mind. However, the rest of the day is worry-free time. If an anxious thought or worry comes up, Simply write it down for later during your worry time. You know, writing worries down can actually slow your brain because we can't think and write at the same speed. So writing your worries can actually help you manage them more effectively. Then go over your worry list during your worry time. Sometimes you're going to find that a simple postponement of the worry helped to alleviate it. When you ponder over the list of worries during your worry time, you often find it's easier to gain perspective and develop plans of action. Postponement is effective because it impacts the old habit of dwelling on your worries. There's no struggle to avoid the feeling or judge yourself for having it. You're simply saving it for later. As you practice this exercise, you're going to find that you actually have more personal control than what you think. Now today I want to leave you with a few quotes. The first is from Dale Carnegie. Our fatigue is often caused not by work, but by worry, frustration, and resentment. The next one by Robert Frost. 
The reason why worry kills more people than work is that more people worry than work. And finally, a Chinese proverb, that the birds of worry and care fly over your head. This you cannot change, but that they build nests in your hair. This you can prevent. Remember, folks, you are not alone. Live intentionally, love daily, and laugh often. Please take a minute and subscribe and follow me on whatever format you use to listen to podcasts. And take a moment to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Now, these things do matter more than you know and kind of helps with the algorithm and helps us to improve the podcast or adjust the show as needed. So let me know what you think. And take a minute to share this episode with a friend or a family member or somebody you think who would benefit from this. I really want to get that message out there that you are not alone. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, then you can email them directly to me at calvin at calvincwilliamslpc.com. Or you can reach me on Facebook at Williams Professional Counseling Services, LLC. You can even check out my website at www.calvincwilliamslpc.com. Or if you'd simply like to schedule a therapy session with me, well, then contact us at Health Point Center. Area code 318-998-2700. I really am glad to be back, and I always do look forward to hearing from listeners, so please feel free to submit topics of interest, comments, or questions. Thanks again for stopping by, and remember, folks, there's always room for you on The Counselor's Couch.